A lot of churches don't even have Sunday night services, so praise God that uh, we can come worship Him in spirit and in truth. Uh, when he was talking about that judging the preacher boys, I remember I went to IBC in 92 when it was in Tempe, and I was just a 32-year-old uh, little preacher boy, and I had to do that same thing. And they had a VCR camera up, and they recorded you. Did you get a tape of yours? No. They, 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 they recorded you, and it was, like he said, about a five-minute sermon. And in that sermon, you had to have an introduction. You had to have a prepositional uh, a phrase that went into your body. Then you had to have three points. They could be alliterated or not. And you had to say whether it was a topical message, whether it was an expository message, or a textual message. And then you had to go into a, a conclusion, and then you had to go into a, an invitation. You remember that? Was that homiletics? Uh, it might have been homiletics. But uh, when your pastor, <laughs> was being, he was the only guy that had some fire. He, he was like, he was really into this. You know, he didn't sit there and say, open your Bibles to John 3.16. The guy had a little, that's probably what attracted his wife to him. You know, he has personality. Amen? And because I know it probably wasn't his looks. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, time. If you ask Mr. Henry to go way back, turn the wheels of time way back to when Mike was a little boy, it probably seemed just like yesterday. Would that not be true? That time has went, now he's a 48-year-old preacher man. Yeah. Where did the time go, Mr. Henry? Where did, where did it go? It just goes like that. That's why time is so important. You see, we live in a finite time, and God lives in infinite. But time is so important. In fact, the Bible says that when we get to heaven, time will be no more because we'll be in eternity. I tell this to people and, you know, some people have questioned me on it and I, I say, well, it sure comforts a lot of people. Someone loses a loved one. And I say this, man, it's not going to be long before you get to heaven. What do you mean? Huh? I'm, I'm healthy. I, I got a lot of years probably left in my life. I said, and your loved one in heaven? They aren't going to be waiting for you very long. Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, because when a loved one is in heaven, there's no time. There's no clocks. You're in eternity. Do you really know how long you've been there? If it's eternity. So the loved one steps over into eternity. It was like they just got there, so they didn't even miss it. So think of this time, the little time we have on earth, and then think of eternity. That's why we should do things that count for eternity. Amen? Amen. Time will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's why time is so important. Man, I'm telling you, I, I've probably wasted some time in my life. I've spent a lot of time. Just last week or yesterday on my phone, this thing pops up and says, 
your screen time for this week was blank hours. And I look at it and I go, did I spend that much time on my phone? Shame on me. And you say, what were you? Well, watching sermons and looking at Facebook and, you know, messaging and all the things that you do. But when you think of time, time, people say, is money. Why do they say time is money? Why, why do people say that? Because it's worth something. And can you really buy it? If you could buy time, what's it worth? They say that the average person at the end of their life, the last six months of their life, there's an average of $250,000 spent on their health to keep them alive because they're trying to buy some time. You see, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes at the end of life, sometimes people aren't prolonging their life. They're just prolonging their death. But people work hard almost their whole life earning wealth. And then at the end of their life, they spend their wealth to keep their health because time is precious. I have a cousin right now on life support. They just, I actually took him off this, after, this morning. I was with him in North Dakota on Sunday, preached in his church, had lunch with him. He had a heart attack on Wednesday. He's 68, and they had to resuscitate him. And that family had him flown on a jet to another town, and he's on dialysis, he's on life support. We didn't know if he was brain dead, but they just didn't want to let him go because they wanted some more time. They wanted some more time. Time is money. Time can be spent. How you spend your time, can you waste time? You bet you can and someone said, well, time heals. Yeah, time does heal. Lost time can never be gotten back. It's been said, time waits for no man. Everybody's aging. Everybody's getting gray except this guy right here said, oh, you're, you're 63, I'm 62, and the difference between me and you is I don't got no gray hair. I said, what, what kind of color do you use? He goes, I don't use color. Time waits for no man. Time. Oh, I never have enough time. You know, time in one aspect is a created thing. I don't have time. Well, you make time for what you want to do. Do we agree with that? You guys made time. In other words, you prioritized your time tonight. You said in your heart of hearts... Church is more important than anything else. So you make time for what you want to do. Now, everybody has 60 minutes in an hour. Everyone has the same time. Everyone has the same amount of time. And in our head, it's kind of like a time machine sometimes. We go back in our memory to a time past. We go forward and we think and dream about what our future's like. Some say, oh, they're just killing time. Or time is killing us. Tonight I want us to look at the subject of time in the Bible. Take your Bibles, please, and go with me 
to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. If you could stop time, I thought of this, what age would you stop it at? (laughs) But the reality is time stops for no man. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and let's look at verse number 1. The Bible says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, time to kill, time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight to consider time. Lord, the time we live in, the time we have left, Lord, help us, Lord, to count our days. Help us tonight to be cognizant, Lord, of how valuable time is, and help us, Lord, to learn to use it wisely. If there's anyone here, Lord, that has not taken the time yet to put their faith, hope, and trust in you, may tonight be the night of their salvation. Lord, if there's Anyone here tonight that does not know what they're going to do with their life in the future, how they're going to spend their time, Lord, lead us, guide us, and may we apply our hearts to wisdom and number our days. We ask this in Jesus' name and for His sake. And all the people said, Amen. The Bible talks about the times we live in. And yes, I believe we live in the apostasy of falling away. I believe that the days are evil. The Bible says redeem the time because the days are evil. There was a group of men in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they were the children of Ishkar. And they were pretty smart guys. And I'm going to tell you why they were smart. And if we're like them tonight, we can benefit from this. Take your Bible, go to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, if you would. You know, some people haven't got a clue about what's going on in the world. And you and I, who are blood-bought believers, we know what's going on. We've read the last chapter. We know who wins. Amen? First Chronicles 12 and verse 32, these guys, these <clears throat> children of Ishkar, Ishkar was the fifth son of Jacob and Leah. And in First Chronicles 12, 32, the Bible says... And of the children of Ishkar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. So these guys 
knew the situation that they were living in. They knew the times they were living. They didn't have their head in the sand. They were like, okay, we know what's going on here. No, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Amen? And we know what's going on. We can read the Bible and see. We're living in the end times. Things are, are going downhill really fast. And these men of Ishkar had an understanding of the, say it with me, times. If you and I understand the times we're living in, it will help us cope a lot more. People falling away, people uh, going nuts, and you have these shootings, and you have the, the gender identity crisis, you have the, the gay marriage, you have all of these things that are going on. Well, understand the times. The men of Ishkar understand. So it said because they understood the times, they knew what Israel should do. If you and I will understand the times we live in, we'll know what we can do. One of the things we can do is we can certainly stay faithful to the Lord. Amen? The time is to stay faithful to the Lord. The time is to pray. The time isn't to get discouraged and drag our, our chin on the pavement so it sparks. We need to understand the times we're living, that things are not, this isn't uh, <laughs> Grandpa Jim Roy's world. Amen? This is not his world. This is a different time, a different time. And you could ask Brother Roy what it was like 50, 60 years ago in the ministry, and then you can ask Brother Henry and I what it's like in the ministry now. And what Brother Roy would say and what we would say, things have changed, people have changed, but the gospel hasn't changed. And God can still save, and, and it's timeless. The gospel is timeless. But the way we minister and the way we handle the things that are going on in this time is, a, is another story as well. So I want to be a man of Ishkar. I want to understand the time I live in. And I want to know what I should do. And I want to do what God wants me to do in this time. In this time. There was a time in my life where I didn't know I was called to preach. When I knew I was called to preach, there was a time in my life I had to go to Bible college to learn. Dr. Tetro would put a pen in his ear and look at me and say, Brother, the call to preach is a call to prepare. Did he ever tell you that? Yeah. I'm, I'm in East Mesa Baptist because of Dr. Tetro. I, I got to go to his funeral and, uh, you know, he's a good man. But he, he knew what the times were and he knew what I needed to do and I listened to him. <clears throat> and... Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, if we remember the time of our life, Ephesians 2.12, when we did not have Christ, we remember that particular time. And I'm not a big guy in looking back. I like to look forward. But to understand the time you live in, sometimes it helps you to realize what God saved you out of. Ephesians 2 and verse number 12. That at that time, thank God you're in a different time of life. There's some people that are still lost and they're still in an unsaved condition. At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no, say it with me, hope. There was a time when we had no hope. The time we live in now, we have hope on steroids. Amen? 
Having no hope and without God in the world. That's not the time we're living in right now, is it? We have hope and we have God and we know what's going on. We're not ignorant of his devices. And because of the t- knowing the times we live in, we're going to act a certain way. We're going to make certain decisions and certain plans for our life. Go to Romans chapter 13, if you would. Romans chapter 13. The Apostle Paul said that we should know the times. And in Romans 13 and verse number 11, Romans 13, 11, see, some people ignore the times. And, you know, if you don't realize what's going on, you're going you're gonna to be caught in a pickle. Romans 13, verse number 11, if you would. The Bible says, and that knowing the time, just like those men of Ishkar knew the time they lived in. Well, in the New Testament, Paul said, knowing the time, that it's now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. How many believe Jesus is coming back? How many believe it could be tonight? In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, it could happen. That's why, you know, the picture here is Christians are... And we get caught off guard and we don't know what's happening. Have you ever had... Ever, anybody here ever worked the night shift? Yeah. Did you ever fall asleep on the job? <laughs> yeah, because you're tired. And the Bible says work, for the night cometh when no man can work. And we have to be alert. We have to be ready for his journey. So he said, knowing the time that he could come back, knowing the situation in this world, the apostasy, it's high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You say, well... It's always been an imminent return. He could have came back 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Yeah, he could have, but did he? If he did, we're in a heap of trouble, boy. <laughs> we, we know he didn't. But we're waiting for that day. We're waiting. We're looking forward to that time. And we don't want to be caught sleeping. We don't want to, because the time is near. Time is near. In 2 Timothy 4, Three. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4 3. 2 Timothy 4 3. You know, a lot of times we plan on doing something and we say, eh, I'm not going to do that. It's not the right time. Or, ah, it's past time. I, I, I don't have that window anymore. 2 Timothy 4 3. The Bible says that there's times coming. We're living in this time. Ladies and gentlemen, 2 Timothy 4.3, the Bible says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Would that time be here now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, your pastor can take the Bible and preach a solid doctrinal Bible message, and people will go, what is he talking about? I don't believe that. That's his interpretation. That's his opinion. No, it's people having itching ears, and they resist sound doctrine you can be so thankful for a church and a pastor that has sound doctrine because there's so many people today that don't want that there's a time and the time is now the time is now second timothy 4 and verse 3 again the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears that's why you know truth be told 
it's hard to fill up an independent fundamental Baptist church because people really aren't embracing truth like this in this day and age. You say, were they ever? Well, maybe there was a time when, when their grandma and grandma and, and society and culture was, was more God-fearing. We know our nation was built on Christian principles, amen? But we know that it's went away from that. We know our culture's changed. It's become woke. It's become uh, sin, sinful. It's become uh, degrading and debauchery. And it just makes you sick. That time is here. That time is here. So when the men of Ishkar knew what time it was, they knew what they should do. They knew what Israel should do. And no matter how bad it gets, we should keep serving the Lord. The darker the night, the brighter the light. And just because the times are tough, and maybe some of you growing up or your folks growing up, maybe, maybe you didn't have a lot of food to eat and and maybe that you've fallen on hard times. But you know, when you're saved, God always helps you through all times. He's there. We sing that song, He was there all the time. God will never leave us nor forsake us. So it really doesn't matter how bad the time gets. God is always there. God is going to help us through any of these times that we're going to go through. The when they don't endure sound doctrine, when they are falling away in apostasy. Let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. You know, there's a lot of false teachers out there that will say, well, it's not so bad and it's going to get better. Well, apart from God sending a miraculous revival, it's really not going to get better. These, these false prophets will say, kingdom now, kingdom now, it's going to get better. No, the Bible says evil men will get better. No, evil men will wax worse and worse. And it's not like we should, you know, pull the drapes and, and hide and shake. But we should be aware of our surroundings. Isn't that what they tell somebody when a woman walks out to the underground parking with her car and has her key out? Be cognizant and aware of your surroundings. You and I as Christians should be cognizant and aware of our surroundings and knowing that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He will never, never leave it. Matthew 16 and verse number <clears throat> 3, please. Matthew 16 and verse number 3. The Bible says, you know, jump up to 2, He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. You ever seen some of those beautiful sunsets in Arizona? And, and I remember people saying this when I was younger in North Dakota, and I didn't know. Oh, it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. And they could tell by the colors of the sky. I never could figure that out, but here it is in the Bible, verse 3. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? That's why we cannot ignore the time that we live in. We must, we must be cognizant of what we're going through. One of the things that happened in Jesus' day, there was a time when the, the crowds followed him, the multitudes followed him, and he was preaching on the hillside, 
But in John chapter 6, something happened. John chapter 6, let's go to verse number 66. John 6 and verse 66. The people that followed him, they, they were enamored by him. And they wanted healing. They, they wanted maybe some health and wealth. They, they wanted to, to see a miracle. They maybe wanted him to perform a miracle. They remember when he fed the 5,000. And in John chapter 6 and verse 66, the Bible says, From that time, many of his disciples... Now, what is the definition of a disciple? That's a follower. Many of his disciples went back or withdrew and walked no more with him. There was a time in Jesus' ministry where people backslid. We know Peter went back and said, I go fishing. He went back. There's times in people's lives where they'll backslide or fall away, but God is always ready to take them back. And sometimes we have a ministry of reconciliation, trying to get people back that have fallen away from God. And you know, thank God when you're saved, you can't lose your salvation. Amen? If you think you can lose your salvation, you'd have to be unadopted, unforgiven, unwashed, unborn again. And that's impossible because the Bible says we're in God's hand and no man can pluck us out. That's what we call eternal security. Once saved, always saved, if you're saved. But if you're not saved, you're not eternally secure. I know that's deep. I know that's deep. But when you think of the people falling away, and the Bible says the great falling away will come, the apostasy. And, you know, I've been saved 45 years. I've seen many people fall away. I've seen people backslide. And even in a church, you have different seasons. You have seasons of growth. You have seasons of valleys. You have seasons of mountaintop experiences. You have seasons of plateau. But God says, just keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Don't get discouraged by the times we live in. We've had people move from East Mesa. I remember when during COVID that uh, Trump had moved to Florida. And Florida was supposed to be a real conservative state. And we, we had a family that moved there. And I was like, okay, um, hate to see you go. But if you feel that's the way... I said, I think, I think it'll be a better place to live. And many people were moving around during that time. And if the times that you're going through, you make a decision and you don't pray about it, you'll regret making that decision. Don't make any decisions based on the times you live in. Make your decisions based on the will of God. Because times change. And the time you're at in your life, man, sometimes you think, okay, am I in the fourth quarter of my life or am I in the end zone? Or am I just in the first quarter? And your age, you can figure out your age. And the time you live in, you need to make decisions. No matter what time of life you're in, you need to make decisions that honor the Lord, that God is leading you to do. <clears throat> and... A lot of times, people let things slip in their lives because of a certain time or certain things that happen. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. 
Hebrews chapter 2. In the Christian life, things can happen at any time. God is always ready to bless us. God's always ready to chasten us when we do wrong. In Hebrews 2.1, there was a, a solemn warning that the Lord gave. And maybe you think Paul wrote Hebrews, and maybe I think Paul wrote Hebrews. Um, whoever wrote it, it's still inspired, and it's still inerrant, and it's infallible. Amen. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. In other words, at all times, listen to what God is saying to us from His Word. Lest at any time, any time, we should let them slip. Any time. We can let them slip or let them slide. I've seen guys that were saved for many, many, many years. At the end of their life, they went bad. Told one gentleman, he was in his 80s. I said, man, you've been a deacon 20 years. I said, don't finish bad. Finish well. Don't ruin your testimony. This time in your life is not the time to let things slip. If we don't stay faithful and we don't listen to God, there'll be a time in your life spiritually that you'll regret, and you'll lose your rewards in heaven. You won't lose your salvation. But we want to have some rewards to give back to Jesus at His feet. Who wants to stand before God empty-handed because you wasted your time on earth? Man, <clears throat> there's, this is crazy. We had 30-some staff members in 31 years, interns, fresh out of college, summer interns, and I remember this one guy, won't say his name, probably wouldn't know him, won't say the college he came from, because at one time I had four guys on, with me, interns, from four different schools. I had West Coast, uh, Pensacola, uh, Brother Treber in Santa Clara, and uh, where was the other one? Anyway, um, I wanted them to arm wrestle to see who was the toughest. <laughs> and one of those guys... Um, I put with a family in the church. And I didn't know what was going on because when he'd come to work in the morning, he walked into work like this. So the old widow lady that he was living with, Francis, I said, what's, what's going on? What's he doing? Anybody want to tell me what he was doing all night? Playing video games. She said, Pastor, when I walk by his room at 2 in the morning, when I go to the bathroom, his light's on under his door, and I see flashing in there. <laughs> and he literally wasted all his time. So he was addicted. So I, I was so mad. I didn't chew his hide. I didn't fire him. I just rolled him to Pastor Storm in Florence. <laughs> and Pastor Storm dealt with him. And I, I, you say, that was mean to do to your friend. Well, you know, hey, Pastor Storm had more patience than me. But 
wasting time, wasting time. How many ever had study hall at school? What were you supposed to do in study hall? Study. Oh, that's, that's deep. And what did you do in study hall? Shot spitballs? Talked? Goofed off? Wasted time? When you could have got all your homework done. There's so much that we can do with our time if we'll manage it. And when we don't manage our time, we get into trouble. We get into trouble. God has given everybody the same amount of time. God has given us so many things to do. How can we be good stewards of the time that God has given us? Well, by making priorities. What is a person's first priority with their time? Should be. Anyway, somebody tell me. Seek the Lord. First, give of the first fruits of the day to Him. But obviously church should be. That time, things shouldn't interfere with church. Church should interfere with things. <laughs> and you know, when you make God your priority, He makes you a priority. When you honor God, He honors you. In other words, you want to be blessed? I like to stay under the spout where the blessings come out. And I don't want to waste my time on me, on something that has no eternal value. That's why you've got to figure out what is worth the most in your life. Well, number one, God. Number two, if your husband, your, your wife, and then your family. And you put it in order. And you prioritize. And sometimes that's hard to do. Because when things get out of order, you have disorder. And you have confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. And time is very, very important. And what you do with your time can make or break whether you're going to be backslidden, make or break whether you know what's going on in this world. Lots of people, they, they really, some people don't watch the news and say, I can't handle the news, it's nothing but bad news. Well, you better know what's going on so we know how to act and react and so we can be balanced and if you're not saved today is the day of salvation it's time now and let me stress this i've been in services we had a food bank we still do at our church one night a lady drove a three-wheel bike to the food bank had baskets on the back she was sitting in the auditorium second row on the right and she, church got let out. She went over to the food bank. They put two large boxes of groceries in the back of her three-wheel bike. She goes down Peblo uh, pedaling, and there was a car behind her on Peblo. She was going to pull out onto Ellsworth. My wife was behind in her car, behind the car that was behind her. I was standing out in front of my office in the parking lot, and the lady started pedaling her three-wheeler across Ellsworth, and Ellsworth was two lanes that way, two lanes this way, and a turning lane in the middle. So there was five lanes. And it was dusk, and the cars had lights on. And so she started pedaling out, thinking that she got past one lane, and she was in the turning lane, but she was actually in the lane the car was. I heard the explosion. The car didn't even touch its brakes and killed her right in front of the church. 20 minutes after she went out of this church, through the food bank, and it... I'm telling you, it sounded like an explosion. I, I ran, my wife turned her car around, come back yelling, that lady got hit, that lady got hit. Call 911, 911. Cars were going, Arr! 
I ran up there. I looked at her. She had no pulse, and she was dead. And I just stood there looking at her, and I will never forget, every time I preach and give an invitation, you never know when your time is up. You never know when your time is up. We had a man had a heart attack in the service. Navy veteran pulled his tie down, give him the chest compressions, and brought him back. Just about died in the service. Had people have epileptic fits. You can go at any time. God is the giver of life. God's the taker of life. Teach us to number our days and apply our hearts to wisdom. Let us use the time we have left for the Lord. I don't care if you're 80, 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Use your time for the Lord wisely. Everybody can think of something else to do when you're supposed to do something more important than something else. And don't let the devil waste your time. And don't waste your time on the devil. And don't waste your time with bad friends. Invest your time for eternity. And give your time to the Lord. The Bible says, serve him in your youth at the end of Ecclesiastes. What is the conclusion of the whole matter? To serve God. Serve him in your youth. I'm telling you, time is precious. Time is short. Time is a gift from God, and we need to use it wisely. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight, maybe God spoke to your heart about something that you may be spending too much time on. And sometimes it's not in and of itself bad, but it's just taking up too much of our time. Our percentage is off. If you're here tonight, you would say, Pastor Hughes, I need to manage my time better. I don't want to get in a backslidden state. I don't want the events of what we're living in today to cause me not to make wise choices and decisions with my time. And by God's grace, I'm going to use my time more wisely with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God spoke to your heart that way, friend. Would you just slip your hand up? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We all need to make God and church praying and reading our Bible priorities. Maybe you're here tonight and you'd say, uh, Pastor Hughes, I think tonight's the time for me to be saved. God has been speaking to my heart. He spoke to me this morning. And by His grace, I want to take the time tonight and know that I'm going to be in heaven with Him forever. And I want to accept Him as my Savior. Pray for me tonight. This is the time for me to get saved. I want to put all my faith, all my trust, all my hope in Jesus tonight. I don't want to die and go to hell and spend eternity in hell. I want Jesus as my Savior. And I want to know that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Pray for me with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. God spoke to your heart that way, friend. If that's what the need of your heart is tonight, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip your hand up. 